Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup, episode 55 for the week ending Monday, May 2nd, 2016. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. And my name is Andy Lemasugu. With me, of course, is my partner on the show, Defo Mahapi. We're clearly keeping uh, with the spirit of the May Day holiday by grafting on the holiday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, a special welcome to all of you uh, listening in for the first time. If you're a regular, we love you too. You can catch up on all our past episodes by heading to africantechroundup.com in case you missed them. And of course, give us a shout on social via Twitter and Instagram at African Roundup. And you can also catch us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. Right. But before we get on with the show, this episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by FreshBooks. For you, the listeners of the African Tech Roundup, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to try out their service. Now, FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software designed to help freelancers and small business owners get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. Just click through to gofreshbooks.com forward slash African Tech and put them to the test. Now, in today's discussion, we'll be unpacking the landmark constitutional court ruling uh, in South Africa in favor of Kenneth Nkosana Makate in his bid to get Vodacom to pay him for his please call me idea. Big story. Huge story, but uh, still a bit of a long way to go, I think, but we'll chat later. That's all coming up later, but we start with this week's news headlines. First up. Anonymous has struck again, leaking one terabyte of data from Kenya's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Oops. Huge. Uh, I think there's all sorts of data compromising security data, data about ICT budgets. It's crazy. Data about arms deals that they've been involved in, a lot of very sensitive uh, uh, information that is now public. Yep, and that's why the uh, Cabinet Secretary for ICT, Joe Mucheri, has asked for an investigation to see how this came about. Well, investigate all you like. The data's out there. Anonymous is loving it. They've always claimed that the Kenyan government is, by their estimation, one of the more corrupt and least transparent. Well, they've certainly added a level of transparency that the Kenyan government did not need or want. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's part of their Op Africa Operation Africa, where they're targeting specific uh, African governments who they believe are corrupt. So we'll see who's next. Maybe South Africa. Hey, uh, <laughs> are you giving them ideas? They're probably coming anyway. They're probably coming anyway. Now, speaking of South Africa, in a week that saw Vodafone's subsidiary Vodacom eat humble pie over the whole Please Call Me saga, uh, again, a story that we'll unpack a little later, uh, the Vodafone is, in fact, celebrating quite an impressive milestone in terms of the adoption of their mobile money innovation, Mpesa. Yeah, they've apparently reached 25 million active customers globally. But you're not impressed. I think that's a low number. I mean, considering they started uh, a while back in Kenya and they've only managed to gain great traction in Kenya, but not so much outside Kenya. South Africa certainly didn't quite work out for them as well as they'd hoped. I mean, and I hear what you're saying. Um, I think it's a decent achievement given the proliferation of mobile money services and remittance services that have come through since their launch. I'm sure they probably didn't anticipate that as many services would come online, but a 27.1% increase is what they're reporting, uh, taking them to 25.3 million active customers, which is pretty decent. This is as at 31st of March, 2016. They've recently launched in in Albania and in Ghana. Uh, They've got something like 261,000 agents in in 11 countries. Uh, Not bad. Also, this innovation in Lesotho, where they're actually working with government. This is something I believe they should have started doing long ago when they started out and sort of courting countries and all sorts of countries with these type of innovations. In Lesotho, mobile grants are being paid through Mpesa, and that's a good thing. The whole partnership with the Lesotho government is a true 
inclusion play as opposed to just one for profit. And in my mind, that's probably what they should have focused on, like you say, from the start. Definitely. I mean, you can imagine that not many people in Lesotho are banked, given it's rural most of most parts. So but you'd find that more people have mobile phones than have bank accounts. So this is definitely part of financial inclusion. Well done to you, Vodafone. To South Africa next, where banking giant ABSA is uh, jumping on the quote-unquote artificial intelligence bandwagon by announcing its plans to pilot a chatbot. Isn't this technically a fancy term for an automated inquiry management software system or something? It's just fancy. I don't, I don't, one, I don't understand the use case or why they're launching a chatbot. It seems quite important for them to, to let everyone know that they're the first bank on the continent or in South Africa or something like that to do this hype. PR. Chat is apparently overtaking social networks in terms of people's preferred interaction on the internet. Uh, that's for sure. And it's always fun to see how brands try and surf trends. And as far as chat is concerned and platforms like WhatsApp and WeChat, those things are consumer platforms and not brand platforms. And it's, it's quite interesting to see them try and, you know, be relevant, you know, as it were. I don't see how they're going to use this. Can I make banking inquiries about this? Or how is it different from USSD uh, inquiries for your bank account? Yeah, and what I have said as well is only the sort of lower level inquiries will be, you know, will be directed to a chatbot. Everything else will still require human interaction. Uh, well, they'll, they'll figure it out. Not terribly excited, uh, but uh, staying with South Africa, Africa's biggest mall, as it turns out, called the Mall of Africa. A bit of an arrogant name, I think. Arrogant, but it reminds me of the Titanic, so I hope it doesn't crash. Yeah, turn into a white elephant or something. Yeah. I suppose they're the biggest mall for now, in which case the name kind of almost makes sense. But then as soon as some, there's something bigger, they're stuck with the name. Oh, anyway, regardless, the biggest mall in Africa currently is, is called the Mall in Africa. It's in an area of uh, Johannesburg called Midrand. And uh, it was launched last week to much fanfare here in uh, Johannesburg. Uh, it reportedly attracted well over 100,000 people in, in the first two days it was open. And... Uh, the reason we're speaking about it is because open access Wi-Fi network provider Vast Networks has partnered with Ruckus Wireless to deploy Wi-Fi at the Mall of Africa. And apparently this is the largest Wi-Fi network in Africa. Uh, yeah, I love how people throw these these um, largest this and first that. Uh, we don't know. Um, they're claiming to be the largest. Uh, is it free is my question because uh, we, we're not quite sure. Well, based on their press release, they're saying that uh, they offer opportunities for uh, retailers to monetize, but also that it's an open access network. So I can imagine there's probably like a freemium model of sort. Yeah, I can't imagine 100,000 people would be allowed to connect for free. Can you imagine how much data we'd be talking? Some people would camp out there. Absolutely. Well, listen, if you've been out to the Mall of Africa, I certainly have not. It's been causing traffic all around that area, uh, impacting the N1 between uh, Johannesburg and, and uh, Pretoria. People complaining about that. Um, yeah, but I haven't been there, won't be there in a very long time until at least the hype dies down. Or I have a really good reason to go there. Um, but have you been there? Have you enjoyed the free Wi-Fi? Was it fast? Was it good? Let us know. Give us a shout at African Roundup on Twitter. Uh, and of course, our email is hello at africantechroundup.com. To Zimbabwe next, where mobile money agents are reportedly running out of physical cash. The country's recent cash crunch is being cited as the reason for this happening. And apparently, banks are imposing limits on cash withdrawals to between $200 and $300. And now you'll remember that uh, Zimbabwe no longer uses its own currency. Uh, there's, uh, there are multiple currencies that are, are 
you know, official tender or accepted tender in the country. The US dollar, of course, is the most widely used. Is this true, though? It is. I mean, mobile money agents have been reportedly saying that they can't fulfill their users' uh, requests for withdrawals. So it's quite interesting. I'm interested, though, to gauge the extent of the problem. Um, so if you are a listener of ours living in Zimbabwe, please give us a shout. Give us a sense of how accurate the reports we're getting are. And if they are true, how bad the shortages are. Again, give us a holler on Twitter at African Roundup or email us at hello at africantechroundup.com. Right now for our final story, which uh, will launch us into this week's discussion. South Africa's highest court in the land, the Constitutional Court, has ordered Vodacom South Africa to start negotiations with Kenneth Gosana Makate to compensate him for the use of his Please Call Me idea, bringing to an end a 15-year legal battle. I don't think it's the end. I mean, they said they need to start negotiations, so I just think this is part of the beginning. Why would you say it's not the end? Surely the only thing that comes next is ching ching they said start negotiations so could take a while in case um it's not an innovation in an area where you live in your part of the world it's really a simple concept say you're on a prepaid subscription with your mobile provider and you have a zero balance the please call me service allows you to send someone an SMS with a brief message and an instruction to call you back um, all for free. What brands have been doing for years now is using that as a platform to advertise. So I would receive a please call me from you, Def, for saying, uh, Andile, please call me back. And just beneath that, there'd be typically an insurance ad encouraging me to click through to something else. Vodacom has reportedly made billions over this innovation. They have. And just going back to the constitutional court ruling, what they've said is that Vodacom needs to start negotiations with him. So I can imagine this can take a while. They still need to evaluate in terms of how much both parties need to agree in terms of how much is a fair amount. This could go back and forth and probably end up in courts, probably the high court or another court, if they don't agree on that. And yeah, it could take a while, as I say. But talking about the please call me service, great idea. But I just wonder these days, do people still use it? I imagine your question is driven by the class you're in. Therefore, I have a feeling that there are many, many people who might still use it or find it useful. Except now that Vodacom has another service that it offers where it actually offers you credit. Uh, something I think up to 10 rands worth of airtime that you use. And then once you uh, reload airtime again, you basically pay it back to Vodacom with a little bit of interest. Also something, incidentally, they're being sued over. You've got that airtime advanced or whatever they call it service, but also the proliferation of things like WhatsApp, which are much cheaper than calling. And also the proliferation of Wi-Fi, again, goes back to the WhatsApp and instant messaging argument. So I'm just wondering if currently people are using it and Vodacom is making as much money off it as they did before and does this also open uh, a case for other uh, for Vodacom to sue other service providers for using the please call me idea who came first Ah, that's an interesting question. Now, quite by coincidence, I ran into Candace Goodman um, of the mobile marketing consultancy Mobitainment. And incidentally, they have an interesting innovation of their own that is almost an innovation on an innovation as far as the, the, the callback idea is concerned. And uh, they formed a platform around it. They're calling Quickscore. Here she is telling me about it. So before you tell me about Quickscore, tell me what you think about this week's happenings around uh, Gosana winning this landmark case against Vodacom. Your thoughts? Well, I really take my hat off to him. It's an incredible innovation coming out of Africa. I was in a conference once and Andisen Subane, the head of marketing at Microsoft, turned around and said to us, some people believe that technology will change Africa. And we all nodded our heads. And then he turned around and said, but we believe Africa will change technology. This is an incredible example of that made to happen. 
That is beautifully put. And uh, a lot of us were, were rooting for the little guy, but really, I think, rooting for the continent. So tell me a little bit about Quick's Call. So a Quick's Call is basically a sponsored call. If I would like to send a, a message to your call, you and Dile, but I don't have airtime on my phone, I could send you a please call me, or I could get a brand to sponsor the call from me to you, a free one-minute call. So how it works is I would dial the usual star numbers like you send a please call me with your number in it, and it would come back to me say, please go to a quiet place, and we will transfer your free call. And I just need to listen to a 20 or 30 second branded message from the brand telling me whatever they want to say. I can engage with that if I'd like. And then it says, please wait while we transfer your free call. You're going meta on us here because it's an innovation on an innovation. 100%. Well, that's what innovation's about. It's building blocks and just making it better and better. We inspire each other. This definitely strikes me as something I'd want to use. I'd much prefer to get a call through as opposed to wait to find out or hope that someone got a please call me and not, and not know either way unless they called me. All I have to give away is, what, 20, 30 seconds of my life? Yes, so basically it's a brand sponsoring a free one-minute call in exchange for listening to an ad. So given your background and what Mobitainment has done up till now in, you know, in the agency space, you'd probably be well positioned to have a sense of how much stock in as far as uh, the platform that the mobile telcos offer to advertisers, how much yes. that, that platform would deliver over time. Because as we know, Mkosana now has to sit with Vodacom and they need to negotiate on what they owe him. What kind of monies do you think uh, are going to come to the table? Okay, so firstly, we're not an agency. We're Sorry. just a mobile marketing consultancy. Okay. And, but I do have an idea of this because we actually use the... Um, the Please Call Me platform to promote uh, the Quick Call service. And when we used it, we generated, within 24 hours, we generated 50,000 unique calls. So 50,000 wow. branded ad messages going out there and people getting free calls out there. And funny enough, most of them calling their mom beside the phone. Wow. So that, that's absolutely fantastic that the brand can give such a social benefit. But to get back to your previous point in terms of what this means in terms of money, the latest estimate I heard is that Vodacom sends out about 38 to 40 million Please Call Me tagged ads a day. Sure. And if the brands do buy that, the rate, the minimum rate card that we'd would be looking at at generating is about 200,000 rand a day. Yo, uh, now nah, I'm just crunching the numbers. And Kwasana, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this, homie, <laughs> you better hire a good accountant, homie. You're going to need one. You're obviously interested in hearing from advertisers who are keen to advertise on your platform. But you're also keen to work with the mobile telcos in, in, in broadening the platform. This is a new media platform. With a built-in reward, we can run this technology throughout Africa and it's fantastic for emerging markets where we've got issues in terms of bandwidth and cost, etc. So this what is a call-out of... to, to brands because you can provide this as a social benefit to your consumers and get your message across. And also for the networks as well, if they're interested in providing an additional service to create a new advertising platform, I think it's fantastic. Where can people reach you to, to get in touch and, and learn more about this innovation? Sure. So I think the best would be to go online www.mobitainment.co.za m-o-b-i-t-a-i-n-m-e-n-t thank you so much candace goodman of mobitainment so by her estimation vodacom could have made as much as 200k a day on on this on this innovation uh for all the years it's been using this service like times 15 years that's insane 
because considering i mean how many people were using it back then i'm still not convinced these days people use it that's insane but i still want to see the methodology that's going to be used or get an idea of the method that's going to be used to evaluate how much Nkosana uh, must get considering that it was his idea but the execution still happened with vodacom and then coming back to the judge's ruling it fingered Alanard Craig Sr. and basically called him a liar, essentially, because Alanard Craig Sr., of course, I believe one of the co-founders of, of Vodacom and certainly one of its uh, former CEOs, wrote in his memoir that it was his idea. Well, he's he's the bad guy here, but uh, the silence of South African media or tech media on this is quite astonishing. Or not so much silence, the, the lack of noise around what the Constitutional Court said about Eleanor Craig Sr. is quite astonishing because he literally just blatantly lied about how the the idea originated. Yeah, I agree with you because, I mean, the way President Jacob Zuma uh, uh, has has been sort of taken to task in the media given uh, the, the Constitutional Court's ruling in in his case on non-tech issues and how they've just gone in on him, uh, Eleanor Craig Sr. certainly is someone who, quite frankly, a darling of the tech world here in South Africa and well-loved, well-respected. Turns out he was less than honest about this issue, uh, at least as far as the constitutional court is concerned. I mean, people talk about it, but certainly he's not being taken to task the way uh, one might expect. That said, um, I heard on a radio show this last week, uh, Kenneth talking about how he still looks up to the man, still learned a lot, can't take away anything he's achieved or um, his place in, in African tech history. I thought that was pretty cool and pretty big of him. That's pretty cool of him. But another thing I'd like us to touch on is how the whole case was financed because many have said that this is a win for the small guy against the big corporates and it's actually not if you look at it properly because no small guy could afford the amount of uh, attorneys over the years of going to court. I mean, going to court is about 20000 to 50000 depending on the attorney or advocate that represents you per day. So it's not really a case of the small guy winning against the big guy because he had great finance from uh, institutional and angel investors who saw this case as, a, as an investment, like a business, if we can put it that way. That also speaks to uh, what you said earlier about the, the case not being over and the, the number crunching that's going to go into what he's owed. Uh, and when we say he, really we mean they because uh, he's got lots of backers who will be waiting just as eagerly to, to see a return on their investment. They will be. I mean, one, they need to recoup their investment. Two, they need to recoup multiples of that investment for it to make to have made financial sense for, for them for and Kosana Makate. So far, the only people who've cashed in other attorneys and advocates. What we're probably not qualified to comment on is a criminal justice system that requires a little guy to go to such lengths in order to get a, a case heard and successfully won, given how much it costs, given how much effort it takes, given a level of... I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a gentleman who, who now, I think, inhabits an executive position at another company. He's a fairly uh, sharp, well-educated chap. Can you imagine um, this idea had come from, like, uh, the the security guard at at, at, at Vodacom. And uh, I mean, the odds of that person successfully fighting this battle against someone like Vodacom. No chance of him winning. Absolutely not. Well, tell us your thoughts on this case. Are you excited from Kosana? Are you delighted uh, to see Goliath take a hit straight in the forehead? 
How much do you think Nkosana and his investors are in for in terms of compensation from Vodacom? We'd love to hear from you. Give us a shout at African Roundup. We are on Twitter. And, of course, uh, drop us an email if you'd like at hello at africantechroundup.com. Once again, this episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by FreshBooks. Get a 30-day free trial at gofreshbooks.com forward slash African Tech. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software designed to help freelancers and small business owners get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. If that sounds good to you, just go to gofreshbooks.com forward slash African Tech and put them to the test. And that's the week's show, folks. Be sure to listen in again next week, Monday, uh, when the next episode drops at 9 a.m. Central African time. In the meantime, it's cheers from me, Andile Masugu. And from me, Tifo Mohapi. Enjoy May Day. Peace out, Africa.